hot damn with that fucking intro. Want to give a major shout out to Tom Smith of the Acacia Strain for blessing us with that fucking disgusting track. That is the new intro track for the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me as always is Dan. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I I wish that were true. I wish I was always there. I know I missed one, uh, the dead one, but, uh, you know, these things happen. I mean, when you put out three episodes, basically in a matter of four days. (laughs) Yeah, plus Instagram Live, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a a fun fun time over on our socials. Actually, it was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you saw Finn McKinty, the uh, punk rock NBA, uh, was posting about on his Facebook the other day something to the effect of, like, uh, what have you seen to drive engagement or something like that? And I was like, honestly, as stupid as it sounds, it was just doing Instagram Lives. Uh, we had about... Maybe about 100 people, actually about 30 or 40 people typically that would see our profile. Uh, yeah. Then all of a sudden it jumped up to almost 900 people uh, over the course of a full week. Uh, and I attribute that solely to doing the Instagram lives and the people we had. So uh, if you didn't see those, uh, we chatted with uh, Mark from Nothing More, which is a lot of fun, sharing a lot of cool different beers. Uh, we talked to Ken Susie, who showed us his awesome photography stuff. That one's actually up on YouTube. And we had Patrick from Ice Nine Kills. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we did one this past weekend with uh, Amir, uh, Duroc of X-Orgy, uh, of Julian K. And uh, that was a lot of fun. That was for the 320 Festival that uh, Chester Bennington's wife put on for, like, mental health awareness and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, we've been doing those. Might do those a lot more because uh, we have a shitload of content <laughs> in the can. Yep, yep. It's. Uh, th- I mean, this is the time to get it. You know, I mean, I hate to, I hate to say that. I, I want to say it's, I don't want to say I'm benefiting from the, from the, from the pandemic as much as uh, just getting a silver lining on it. You know, um, it, it's a good thing that came out of, uh, out of a bunch of bad things is the politically correct way to say it. Yes. Um, so it was definitely a thing for us where uh, when all of this started, I don't think, you know, just full transparency, I don't think we thought it was going to be what this has become. Um, yeah. so we stacked a shitload of interviews on and then a bunch more came our way and now we're kind of in a hole <laughs> that we have to dig ourselves out of. Uh, we're literally, and Dan has seen the emails, we're having to turn people away, uh, unfortunately, yeah. just because we, you know, I'm back to work as of, uh, two days ago as of when we're recording. So my schedule is a lot less loose, uh, than it has been, but I think in the interim, the Instagram lives have been a lot of fun. Um, I'd like to keep doing those. I think they're a lot of fun. I don't have to prep for them. They just exist in the moment, and that is a fucking blast uh, to me. Yeah, and everybody gets to see that raw, unedited stuff, the, that real stuff, you know, and that's cool. I And I, I thought it was cool. I, I was reading that thread that, that Finn had posted, and, you know, I was thinking, yeah, like, and it was funny because you, you'd post that. You're like, yeah, man, like, we, we had this much of a boost, you know, and uh, and even he was impressed. He was like, wow, that's that's actually quite a, quite a bit of interaction. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, it, it's kind of like in Lord of the Rings, you know, when Gandalf grabs that, you know, all-seeing uh, crystal uh, from one of the <laughs> hobbits, and he's like, you never know who may be watching you know like and that is that is absolutely true like you have no idea how many people are actually out there uh watching and actually giving a crap about you know what you're doing and so it's always it's always great to see that like it's great to see people kind of coming out and and kind of interacting and 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 that sort of stuff i think it's it's the way to go man like maybe the way we're doing it is wrong by recording it and putting it out like it's it's starting to seem that way yeah i don't know um I have done literally no prep. Like, whenever, I mean, to be completely honest, everyone that has agreed to do them, I'm like, really? You sure? <laughs> uh, and then, even more so, like, Ken posted everything on the Unearth socials and his yeah. own. Uh, Patrick posted everything on his own, not the Ice Nine stuff. Uh, Julian K posted it on theirs. Amir posted it on his stuff. It's, and same with Mark from Nothing More. It has been pleasantly shocking that everyone not only is agreeing to do it, but then actually pushing it, which, uh, you know, we as Dan was saying earlier, you know, he wasn't on for the dead episode. Those dudes, Joe and uh, Dead, shared our chat with uh, with them that we posted on Sunday. So thanks to them for that. Um, still not used to that. Still not used to people caring that you know they're on their show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's nice, and you know, I, I, a lot of the times, you know, we we go back and forth about like, oh, this person was on the show and they didn't share it or whatever. I think up until recently, everybody's been extraordinarily busy. You know, and that that's the whole thing. It's not that everybody's just sitting there idle. I mean, there, there's still stuff going on. 
Um, especially if you look at the kind of stuff that we're doing, but like, you know, uh, these people are like, now it's, uh, it's almost a little bit more, a little bit more personal. It's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I had, you know, I had this really cool chat. You guys should check it out versus having to try to reshare something when you're on tour or when you're, you know, going place to place to place to place, or maybe you did 20 interviews in a day. And this has been a much more organic experience of just like, Hey, we're just going to come on. We're going to talk. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I think uh, not only the people that are being interviewed are responding well to that, but the listeners and viewers as well. Yeah, I think the one thing that's been pleasantly surprising is, you know, because typically the guest and I on the Instagram live things are, you know, kind of rehashing some of the stuff we've talked about or been like, hey, you know, it's been a little bit since you were on the show, this, that, and the other. And I've had people message, you know, us on Instagram or whatever or leave comments like, really enjoyed this, didn't know you did an interview, didn't know anything about your show, went back, listened to the other interview or other interviews, like now I'm a a subscriber. And it's just been crazy to see the the people following and all that. Um, I I hope, you know, we made a joke a while ago that like when the podcast, you know, suddenly has almost a couple thousand downloads in one day, we're like, who died? What happened? (laughs) Yeah, something's going on behind the scenes that has nothing to do with us. Yeah. So it's one of those that like any modicum of success that we get, it's always like, are are you guys sure? Like what what happened? Uh, Yeah. You know, why, I, why us? Yeah. yeah, why us? Um, not because we do a good job or anything like that. It's more like, what happened? What did we do wrong? Um, but all of that aside, it's it's been a really interesting last couple of weeks. Um, and this was actually a chat, you know, that we haven't announced the guest uh, as we kind of quickly wrapped this up to get into the interview. But it is uh, with Joey Bradford of The Used. Uh, this was another one that has kind of been a long time in the in the making. Um I knew about Joey uh, once Black Cloud Collective, uh, Brandon Saller from Atreyu's other band, started. And, you know, I kind of started following them, really liked him. And it was just kind of like a, an offshoot thing that then became Hell or High Water. Then they started getting a little bit of notoriety. I was actually doing the album review for Vista for uh, the Talk To Me podcast website. And I was trying to do the same thing I did with the He Is Legend uh, few record, which is do a podcast that will air on our show over here. But then I'll use pull quotes for the album review. And, you know, I just couldn't get Joey uh, to do it uh, at the time they were touring, you know, just busy, basically, as Dan was saying earlier. And so I reached out to him and was trying to get him on to do something for Hell or High Water. And then, you know, he was doing stuff in Atreyu for a little bit and then magically became the new guitar player of the used. And I was like, well, there went that opportunity. Never will fucking happen. And very, very thankful. Uh, I hit him up on Facebook one day, like he was commenting on something, something about some press he was doing or something to that effect. And I was like, yo, like, I sent out an email. Are you guys just not doing press or like what's going on? And then he sent me a message and was just like, yo, dude, like, let's fucking do it. And you're going to hear that in about probably a minute. Um, So huge thanks to Joey for doing this. Uh, We kind of go a little bit all over the place. A lot of fun talking about the new used record. I think this is the first used record I've liked since uh, since artwork. And that's been almost a decade, uh, I think, at this point. (laughs) John, 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 you you cannot give your opinion about things on the internet. It never goes well. It it always ends badly. Trust me, I know. Well, you do that for for the gimmick, though. I, you know, I always give my honest opinion. People don't always love that, but, you know, it's just one of those things. I definitely have not yet experienced what you experienced uh, when trying to talk about this. Um, It was pretty harmless... uh, I could have I could have th- thought of some much more horrible things to say about the more recent used record. So, uh, you know, I, I think you were very fair. <laughs> so without further ado, this is my conversation with Joey Bradford of The Used, and we will talk to you on the backside of it. So I have the pleasure of talking to Joey Bradford, guitarist for The Used, uh, Hell or High Water, uh, The Goodman, and I mean, there's so many things that you do, and we'll we'll kind of touch on all these things. But uh, first and foremost, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, me and me and my family are hanging out on our property, and you know, laying low like everyone else. 
as of when we're recording this, you are a week away from your first record with the used, uh, entitled Heartwork, which is going to be out uh, April 24th via Big Noise. I have to give you a little bit of shit and bust your balls. Uh, did no, uh, did no. none of you get told about, you know, the classic carcass record by the same name and like, hey, maybe don't call it Heartwork? <laughs> oh, no, we saw that and we thought that was super badass. Carcass is a dope band too. I think it's a different world, so I don't think I don't think people are going to be confused by which record they're listening to. But yeah, mad respect to Carcass for sure. It it obviously takes on a completely different meaning with our band, and um, you know it plays on a lot of the band's history with different records, and and yeah, we're stoked on it. Yeah, no, it was it's one of those things. Like I remember when the album, uh, when I saw the, the title uh, in passing, like a music site, I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize it was like some kind of anniversary for that record. And then went back and looked at it for a second, and then I was like, oh no, oh okay, <laughs> like awesome. Yeah, like, I mean that. You know what though? If if there's that many like crossover carcass and the used fans, then that's badass. That's really cool. You never know. I mean, that's kind of the interesting thing about, you know, used fans. And I would say maybe not carcass fans, but from, you know, used fans were of that age where, you know, there is a lot of crossover as far as the the bands and so forth that we all grew up listening to. Thanks to being, you know, a part of the MTV generation when that was still a thing. So you never know. For sure. No, I love it, man. I I mean, me personally, I grew up a a heavy music fan and a fan of the used and a fan of pop punk and, and, you know, rock and roll. It was all over the place. So our whole generation is is an eclectic version of what exists now. And used is like one of those bands that's always done that, right? It's kind of like a collection of, of everything that is aggressive all thrown together. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of a perfect segue into talking about the record a little bit. Um, I, I do think that it this new record honestly showcases a lot of the elements that the band has incorporated over these last almost two decades at this point. How did you find the writing process to be with the guys with this being your first record with them? Uh, I mean, when we started talking about making a record, you know, we didn't really have a plan. So we just were like, OK, let's get together in a room and start writing some songs, just the four of us. And we ended up spending a couple months writing at my house. We wrote about 24 songs, you know, stuff that we're really proud of. Uh, but then once we made the decision to go make the record with, with John Feldman, I mean, it was kind of just like a no-brainer. Like, okay, let's just go back to square one and let's go write with John. And, you know, for me, going into to the history of the youth and John Feldman was obviously intimidating a little bit. But, um, you know, they made me feel super comfortable right from the get-go and, you know, having toured with the guys for a couple of years now, like we're, we're brothers and it's strong, strong vibes for sure. And, um, John's such a sweetheart. He's a genius man. And he was able to pull stuff out of, you know, out of me that I didn't know I was capable of. And, uh, yeah, we wrote some insane songs and, and it's, it's crazy to even talk about me being a part of the record, you know, it's cause I grew up a fan and, um, yeah, it's insane, man. Really, really excited for you guys to hear the rest of the album. One of the things I like to ask when talking to people who have worked with John Feldman, which is a very small list, um, you know, I know John is a very hands-on kind of producer, and, and some musicians Absolutely. may not be into that, you know, because they come in and they're very, this. these are the songs, and we just need someone to press record, and, and that's how it needs to be. But then you have people, you know, I think John brings the best out of a lot of people because he, as a musician himself, wants to bring the best out and he's very collaborative from everything that I've seen and heard. So in that regard, you know, I, I would assume you maybe haven't worked with someone that's that hands on. What was that like working with John with you personally? Well, honestly, it was, um, you know, it was kind of right in my wheelhouse. He's John's very similar to the way that I've kind of always been a songwriter where, you know, he's just like, okay, let's go sit down with a guitar and you have a part and then record the part and then uh, move on to the next thing. And, you know, very much on the fly. I've kind of always been that type of songwriter. So um, I think I kind of got lucky and, and really comfortable from day one. You know, like I've never been one to sit and stew with, with a part outside of a lyric. So, you know, jumping into John's scenario where it's very much like be ready and be on your A game and let's crush a song as quick as we can That that is magic, you know, and really capture it in the moment. Um, he's such an incredible um uh, you know, 
version of that. He's he's the best producer I've ever worked with, and and he's very much a part of the band when you're writing a song. And I think, you know, we really submitted to that process, and it's like, you know, John John's best interest is our best interest. We want to write the best song, and you know, make people feel feel something incredible when they listen to each each one of the tracks. So, um, you know, John was really inspiring with each song to feel different and to have its own voice. So what an insane experience. You know, you, you kind of had mentioned, obviously, touring with the band over the last couple of years and obviously doing some of those uh, anniversary tours that the band had done. You know, I've asked this question to a few other people before, and I don't know if maybe I'm just not explaining it well or if it's just something that really doesn't exist from a creative standpoint. But being a fan of the band and kind of playing those, those songs, those iconic songs and albums live, did it kind of maybe inform you kind of like seeing the the way maybe the band likes to write do you sure. find things like that in playing with the used and then maybe you go ah okay like maybe this song needs something like and then you're able to reference another song that you've played and kind of gotten to know in your dna and be able to bring that out in this new record um i think maybe subconsciously um you know just from from playing these songs every night you know maybe there's like tendencies that that I can draw inspiration from, but, um, I mean, I don't think that was in my headspace at all. Like we really, you know, each one of the songs just kind of like flowed and it was, it was kind of magic. You know, we would start each day, sit down with an acoustic guitar and a piano or whatever it was. And, um, you know, kind of play what's familiar, like, and, and that being said, like me growing up in, in my whole journey, like I was influenced by, by the youth in my early songwriting too. So I'm sure it's going to, um, be apparent in anything that I'm playing too but uh, the crazy thing with this band is you know if you you write something that is truly genuine in the moment with these guys and and have Bert sing over it like that it just becomes the use and they've they've always done that they've always had a way to incorporate modern elements um, into their sound and, and have it sound genuine so for me to be able to be a part of it and come in and not feel like I'm forcing any sort of like, you know, I want to make sure I sound like the use. It, it was just kind of like, let's have you sound like you. And that, that is what this band is. So, um, and I think it works. I think we, we have a really, really special album. And, um, you know, for me personally, it's obviously an insane accomplishment. Something a little bit kind of more about that. You were speaking to, you know, picking up an acoustic guitar or maybe someone jamming on a piano or whatever. Some of these songs aren't, I'll say traditionally arranged based on playing on instruments when you hear the final versions, how many different iterations of some of right. these songs were there over the you know process of making this record? Were, was there maybe a an acoustic-y kind of ballad for something that then turned into more of an electronic kind of bass song? Like, Do you have an example of anything like that? Um, there was definitely moments where, uh, you know, we went in and the scratch guitar was, was an acoustic guitar and to get some vocals. But, um, I think each song we were, we were so in the moment with each song that like kind of wherever it was guiding us, be it, uh, you know, a synth part starting the song or, or an electric guitar or a bass riff or whatever it is. Um, I think it kind of, it was coming to us as we were writing the songs. There wasn't much like outside of bells and whistles once the the bare bones were recorded and and digging into that over time but you know i don't recall us like recording a uh you know a song with drums and guitar and then it turning into cathedral bell which uh, <laughs> you know that particular song which you know is part of what you're referencing just kind of like you know the beat was something that we were playing with and and then the vocals came and from there it just you know it just kind of it was breathing life into those electronic elements to complement what the vocals were doing. And it's such a beautiful song and, and um, you know, a powerful place when we were writing that, that it just kind of like, it was, it's so simple, but so effective. And I love that song so much. Obviously it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound like the taste of ink, but I think that's what's cool about being in 2020 and um, you know, where all of us in the band are at and, you know, and John's influence being like, this is, this is going to make the song really cool if we like it and we loved it. So 
it's just always interesting sometimes when you talk to people and or even after the fact of a record coming out, you know, and you find out that it's like, oh, like this whole <laughs> this whole record was you know, just me and a guitar. And then it's like, when you hear it, it's like, there's no quote unquote live instrumentation on it. And you're like, wow, really? Like this started this way and somehow became this full on like electronic thing. Like, that's interesting. Like how you, how an idea can start and then metamorphosize into something completely different to where you're like, wow, the, the journey of it is crazy. And for me, it becomes like a really exciting challenge to, um, you know, figure out how to pull it off live and, and, do the instrumentation ourselves and and you know kind of do some of the stuff that that the band hasn't hasn't done in the past and a song like that i think is a cool opportunity for us to to try some fun new stuff and see what happens you know kind of speaking of uh tones and all that kind of stuff obviously being a guitar player there's a ton of guitar tones and textures all over this record and oh yeah you know kind of wondering how how did some of those kind of take shape? Like, were when you're doing demo stages or whatever, are you thinking like, okay, like you know, because there's even different styles that you're playing in, even within one song, and you know, sometimes sure. it's interesting to kind of think about that, like, you know, okay, you might be using like a fifty one fifty or something like that, but then it's like, yeah, actually, like a nice Marshall stack with kind of like a nice warm warmer tone than that would be more preferred, or using a Fender or you know things like that. Yeah. So how much uh, how much experimentation really did it take for you to kind of dial in all these tones and, and find the right thing, and uh, kind of walk through that process a little bit. Yeah, it was really great for me. Um, you know, obviously John's a guitar player and um Scott, one of the engineers there, he's a guitar player. I, I mean all the all of John's guys are guitar players, so they all come from you know, they're they're just as excited as I am to get like a really cool tone. So um, you know, we had a, a bunch of different fuzz pedals which we used heavily all over the record. Um, but differently every time, you know. I think it was it wasn't like something that we did on purpose where it was like, Oh, we already used this sound. Let's use something different. I think we were just, we were just flying by the seat of our pants. So it's like, all right, let's, let's put this lead over it. I have an idea. Mm, let's throw a fuzz. Uh, you know, I'll use the baritone and let's see what it sounds like. It's like, Oh, that's great. Let's keep it. And that, that ends up being the final part on the album that you'll hear. And you know, that writing that way, and especially with tones is so fun because, you know, I'm not repeating myself ever, which, you know, sometimes you want a record to be really, really cohesive with tones. And sometimes you want each song to to have its own life. And I think this was what we were trying to do. And it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of all the guitar tones. And, and like you said, like, it's something I've always loved to do is, you know, play like a, a, a super guttural baritone octave low guitar part and then immediately go into a neck pickup Fender twin clean delay for the verse. Like I think that's something cool that the youth always did that I loved. And maybe I picked that up along the line and brought it here. Yeah. It's just kind of always funny. Cause it's like, you know, I think now with the ability to bring Kempers out with you and so forth and have them kind of be, tailored to your switches, you know, between cap profiles and all that kind of stuff, you can actually pull some yep. of this stuff off live where before the back line you would need and the pedal board you would need to pull off all this shit, let alone the various tunings in the middle of a song or a different guitar swap, you know, would just be oh, yeah. too much money to do. But now you're able to kind of play some of these things and do some of these things where it's not just a, well, that's for the record only and we'll never play it live because just logistically we can't. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, I've kind of um, evolved and, and adapted into that digital world in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, the technology is out of control. It's like you can you can really capture the sound of the, the insane amps that you own and bring them on the road everywhere in the world. So it's the same every single show. And, you know, and that's like like you said, the backline problem, that's why I jumped into the digital world is, you know, wasn't able to find the right head everywhere. Wasn't able to find the right cab everywhere. And, you know, once, once you're playing on different gear at at a show in front of 10,000 people, it's, it's stressful. It doesn't make it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's not, it's not, uh, not the easiest thing to pull off, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the digital, the digital world is pretty insane now. And, um, yeah, it's cool because we can go make a record and not feel like we're cheating anybody, but, you know, really step up to the challenge of, figuring out how to pull it off live and um and why not i love it kind of switching gears a bit you uh you know as we've been saying 
throughout this. You know, you've kind of had a pretty wild ride these last few years, you know, jamming with Brandon uh, from Atreyu uh, in Black Cloud Collective, which eventually became Hell or High Water, and then uh, filling in for yep. Travis in Atreyu, and then all of a sudden now you're in the used. Um, as someone who's kind of followed you since the Black Cloud Collective days of, of kind of learning who you are uh, through this side project, kind of go through this last few years and kind of how everything just kind of kept manifesting itself into the perfect uh, situation for you to kind of come in and, and fill some rather large shoes for a lot of different people. Yeah. Uh, bizarre, super bizarre. I mean, I, I've obviously played in hell or high water. We did that for about uh, seven years, put a couple records out. Um, but again, we were always, we were always kind of like, you know, the side chick to a trade, <laughs> which was under, was understandable. I mean, they're, you know, they've made their mark and people want to see them play and they deserve it. So, you know, want to trade you, um, jump back into, uh, album time again, this last go around a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I started doing crew work again. I was, I was guitar teching for good Charlotte for a little bit and kind of bouncing around working with bands, filling in for people. And then, yeah, I, I heard about the used opportunity and, um, I went and tried out and there was a bunch of other people that tried out and I kind of, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any idea if I was going to be the guy. And, um, my kid, actually, my daughter was three days old when I went and tried out, like it was, it was booked weeks in advance and, you know, Bert was in town for a couple of days and, um, my wife was a couple of weeks late delivering and I, I kept emailing. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it guys. Like, you know, more important things. So, um, but yeah, my, my daughter was born. And then a few days later, my wife was like, you should go, you should go do this and see what happens. And yeah, pretty wild. And then um, here we are a couple of years later and got an incredible record with Feldman. That's out Friday. And yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind. My whole career has kind of been like that. Just kind of like bounced around where I'm needed and, um, you know, just kind of do what I can to, to stay involved and work with great people and got really lucky here and, this band is like the sweetest people in the world and all of our families get along. And, you know, I think we make really good music together and yeah, feeling, feeling really blessed these past couple of years. What do you think has allowed you the opportunities to take, be able to take advantage of the opportunities like you have over the years when they've been able to present themselves to you? What do you attribute to being able to capitalize on those moments? Um, I think I, I've, I've always been good at just kind of putting myself out there. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say I'd say yes to anything, but you know, I, I was kind of always like, if I would hear of someone needing someone to fill in or something, you know, I was kind of always working crew or filling in for a band. And while I was doing that, I was kind of just kind of keep my ear to the ground. And, um, uh, you know, and sometimes I was even reaching out to people when I was, when I was guitar checking for some bands, I would reach out to friends every once in a while. Hey, you know, anyone that needs a guy, you know, anyone looking for a bass player, guitar player, um, you know, and we were always writing songs with Hell or High Water and we were always doing that. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like, how can we continue to, to play music and take care of my family and, and pull this off, you know, and, um, genuinely didn't expect to get an opportunity to play in a band that I grew up loving and have, have been, you know, massively a part of every record they've ever put out is, is a big deal to me. So it's really cool to, to be a part of the band's history and and get to be here. What has been one of the bigger challenges for you in stepping into the role of the used? I mean, obviously filling in for a tray, you know, they're of a certain level of size band, but I think like the Disrupt Tour that I saw all of you guys on uh, this past summer, was it this past summer? I don't know. It's been so long ago. Now. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it feels like but it was summer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, seeing you guys on that, obviously, you know, Atreyu was lower build than than uh, the used were. And so, you know, I'm just kind of thinking of the transition, you know, from Hell or High Water, you know, kind of getting on decent opening slots on some package tours and so forth to, you know, jamming and doing stuff with Atreyu for a little bit and then getting to the used. You know, I feel like that comes with a certain level of responsibility and professionalism that maybe not everyone is able to just step into right away. So what was that kind of journey like for you? Um, I, you know, Hell or High Water had toured with the used. Uh, we did a couple weeks with them a few years prior and we, you know, in that short period of time, we, we became buds with them. And, um, you know, I wasn't super close with the guys in between that tour and joining the band, but we would run into each other at festivals and it was always a good time and it was a good vibe. And, um, 
you know, but, but jumping into this band and, and having been a kid in the front row of a sold out, you know, 10,000 seater growing up, it, it was a trip for sure. You know, it was a bit of nerves and, um, but I think that, uh, what made it super comfortable when we first started touring at my first show with the band, we played a festival in, um, I think it was South Carolina or something like that. Um, <clears throat> But like half of the bands I'd ever worked for, filled in for, or like, you know, the majority of my group of friends were all playing the same festival. So um, it made it really comfortable. We would go on stage and I have, you know, 30 homies on the side of the stage. And, you know, some of some guys that I used to be their merch guy and they're just like, what is going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling the same way. So, uh, but yeah, I think, I think this whole thing is, um, you know, feels like such a really cool privilege. So, um, it's just been exciting the whole time. It hasn't, it hasn't felt like scary or a job or anything other than, uh, really exciting. And and these guys are so talented and they, they work so hard. You know, we were in our whole set, um, every night before we go on stage and, um, you know, we make sure it's a a really good vibe. I mean, we're, we're grown dudes with families and we got to leave our families to go on tour and, um, you know, gives people that experience that that changed us growing up and is going to continue to change us people moving forward. So, you know, we make it worth it. And it's insane. It's super crazy. I love it. So, you know, obviously you sent me the link to uh, this upcoming EP that's coming out. You know, it's the first proper uh, follow-up to Vista at this point. And, you know, what you know, what made you choose these three songs? Because I, I mean, knowing Brandon and seemingly, and we'll talk about some of the other projects you have at the very end, it seems like you guys just write and write and write and write. So what made you choose these three songs to kind of be the next continuation of Hell or High Water moving forward? Uh, well, these sessions were from when we recorded Vista. Okay. So it was, it was some songs that we had, um, you know, we had finished and we had loved. And same thing for, for that record we had written like, I think it was over 50 songs that we had like completed demos for before we went to the studio to make the album. But, um, so yeah, so we had, we had recorded two more songs at Sonic Ranch that we finished that we, you know, we kind of just held on to maybe for this situation. We were waiting for a pandemic to have music to release. (laughs) No, um, but yeah. And then I'll be waiting, uh, which is a song that's going to be on there as well. Um, is a song that we had put out, uh, a few years back, just kind of on our own, we put it out just on a YouTube video. So we figured we'd get it out for everyone to hear. And, um, but yeah, the two new songs, no one's heard. I was, we were, you know, passing them around the past few weeks and we all were like, Oh man, this is really good. Like we forgot about these songs. This is cool. Like, you know, there was, there was some discussion of like, Oh, let's put out some old demos. And I was like, no, I don't want to just throw some junk out there. Like, what else we got? And we're like, oh, we totally have these incredibly mixed, beautiful songs that we we wrote and are proud of. So, yeah, super excited for people to hear that. It's really cool. What I think is interesting about all three of these songs and kind of speaks to the diversity of Hell or High Water collectively, um, you know, Believe in Us is just kind of, you know, more of a straight ahead kind of, of a rocker. I kind of feel like, you know, it's got really cool tones. It's got, you know, it, you know, like I was telling you the other day, it's kind of like, a, you know, those dual guitar, uh, you know, harmonies and so forth that are going on. And it's just, you know, really fun. And it's like, you know, a rational kind of is a little bit of a different vibe from everything else. Kind of feels a little yeah. bit kind of like R&B-ish uh, a little bit to me. Um, Hell yeah. And then it's like, you know, I'll be waiting. I, I think I told you is like the best song that Mutt Lang and Brian Adams never put out on the Waking the Neighbors record. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things I think a lot of people are going to find the diversity of, of this band. So if this is maybe something that they haven't heard Vista or the other stuff, I think this is a really good uh, like little sample bite size uh, piece for them to kind of maybe get in and go backwards. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, I'm excited to to finally put these out there. You know, it's uh, I I have all the songs just kind of like in a folder on my phone, and I kind of forget that we didn't put stuff out. <laughs> so when we when we investigate that, I was like, oh yeah, like I know that song. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's exciting, and um, I think it's just cool. You know, we we kind of just halted fairly swiftly and uh, never really made any plans to pick back up or when that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, so it's cool to, to kind of throw some stuff out for, for some fans and for the world to hear some music that 
deserves to see the light of day. It's fun. Super, super stoked. And that's coming out on, on Spine Farm as well. And, you know, they've always taken really good care of the band. And, yeah. So if as if having two bands wasn't hard enough, you also have The Good Man and Hollows as well. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, with with Goodman, you kind of explained in the like Spotify bio, bio part, you know, that these are kind of songs and demos that you had floating around between doing some used tours and so forth and just, you know, a lot of life experiences happening. But kind of a little bit more, you know, how how broad of a, a time period are we looking at for these songs and kind of what made Very you decide broad. what made you decide that now was the time to get these out? Um, you know, it's it's I've had these songs Man, some of them I started writing in, I think we, we were saying like 2007, 2008, I think were my first demos for a couple of these. Um, and it was just songs, you know, I, I when I started writing music and when I was like 18, 19, I was mostly with an acoustic guitar and, um, you know, I played bass in a rock band and did that. But when I was writing music for myself, it was more kind of like Americana stuff on an acoustic. So, um yeah, and, and over the years, of, I've had different engineers in my studio, and it'll always be like, oh, let's record a song, and I'll record one of, one of my old songs. And, uh, you know, before I knew it, I have quite a few, and, and I never really had, um, you know, I never really had a platform to put music out for people to, to really hear it, and I liked the songs. It's kind of one of those things where I'm recording these songs. And then, you know, this kind of situation came up, and I was like, all right, everyone's just dumping their stuff online, like you know, I'm really proud of this stuff. And I think, I think people might like to listen to it and maybe it can connect with some people and yeah, just put it out there. No intentions. I don't have any plan for it other than, you know, sometimes I write songs like that and maybe now I'll put them out from time to time. Yeah. Definitely listening to it. The the last 24 hours or so there, you know, I feel a lot of, uh, I don't want to say teen angst. I don't think that's the word I'm necessarily looking for. I just feel a lot of melancholy, like a lot of like, like, Oh yeah, I was a sad boy when I wrote that. Yeah, I was so sad. <laughs> it definitely comes across, and it feels like this, you know, this kind of purer sense of music when maybe it's, you know, like case in point. I was talking to JB from August Burns right a couple of, like probably about a month ago at this point, and you know, I was talking about when they did, you know, some of their anniversary tours. Did they look back on some of the stuff that they were writing and go, "Wow, you know, I can't believe I was, you know, writing these things." And JB's like, kind of quite the opposite. <laughs> I was like, "Man, I can't believe I would write something." that's so terribly arranged and so forth. And then, you know, we were kind of talking about this, this time period when you're a musician and, you know, maybe you're kind of more brave because you're, you don't know better to not do those things. And that's kind of what makes things interesting and different and makes it more. Oh, uniquely you. And I feel like maybe some of these songs, you know, I'm kind of thinking really smoking in bed, uh, kind of is like a song where I'm like, you know, I don't know if you're not a, maybe a young 20 something when you write something like that, that maybe you would ex- express yourself those ways if that makes any sense yeah no that i mean honestly the the majority of these songs um you know it's it's heartbreak music i was going through a rough breakup and yeah i was like 19 20 21 around around the time that all those songs were written so yeah it was like trying to figure out who i am and trying to figure out how to you know stay on the road and do my music thing and navigate a relationship and all this stuff and but yeah it worked out it's my wife and I, we split up for a little bit when we were kids, and here we are. We got a two-year-old. She's a badass. It all works out, but you get great music from Heartbreak. I tell you what. Dashboard Confessional made a whole uh, whole career out of it. There you go. And Chris is like the sweetest dude in the world and the most insanely talented. Yeah, rad band. Uh, well, where can everyone find you and or any of the bands or anything you want to plug online? Oh, man. Uh, um, you can, uh, I guess you follow my my instagram i kind of have all that stuff on there i'm brutal fruit on the old instagram and if you want to go to spotify and just search all them band names we got hollows and the good men and whatever else i do i don't know go listen to the used record guys go listen to heartwork are you you know i just saw a release today uh lamb of god's pushing their their record back due to like the vinyl production and physical production of a lot of their pre-orders and stuff uh being delayed due to all the stuff that we're in was there really any talks of doing that as a result of maybe running into the same issues or were you guys far enough ahead of all of that, that you're able to at least fulfill everything on that re- on that front? We're pretty far ahead of everything. I mean, that's, we haven't changed our, our plan of releasing the record, um, you know, April 24th, 
for a long time. I mean, we were, you know, we, there was discussion of wanting to put it out earlier, I think, but this was, this was kind of always the plan. And yeah, our team is incredible and they've been working with this band forever. And yeah, they're, they're crushing it. All the cool pre-order stuff already going out. It's already, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, all, of, all the cool shit's already sold out, I saw. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. People are showing up and um, it's really exciting. I mean, it's, it's exciting for me to, to be a part of this chapter of the band and see all this fun stuff happening. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I've uh, been trying to get you for actually since Vista came out before it came out, actually, because uh, I was doing a, a write up on the, the record uh, for a friend's website. And I was like, oh, it'd be cool to get Joey on here and talk about all the different shit he's got going on on this. And then it just as I kind of kept following you from there, it was just like, man, you are like the most connected man in the industry over the last couple of years. It seems like just popping up everywhere. <laughs> I'm uh, just just trying to to stay involved and hang out with all these talented, awesome people, and yeah, man, it's it's really really a blessing. Well, yeah, well, thank you again for taking the time, and uh, looking forward for everyone else to hear this record and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. So that was my conversation with Joey Bradford of the Used. Uh, if you haven't checked out Heartwork, uh, you should go do it. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. We kind of wanted this to be in a nice transitional point between the Used record being out for a little bit and the Hell or High Water record uh, EP being out for just a little bit. So both of those things are out. You heard us talk about both of those uh, those projects. And the Hell or High Water EP, I really like that band. I like how different the three songs are that they put out for it and like we said in the intro um i think this is the most interesting used record since artwork i think it's honestly just i mean every band says this at this point this late in their career but it is the most used used record uh it sounds like everything they've done over the last 20 years but like perfected it's got one of the heaviest songs i've ever heard uh which started some twitter beef quote unquote gotta love that beef well, you did see that the guys in Chamber said that uh, it was a lift of their song, right? I did not see that, no. Okay, so uh, I talked about that, actually, with Brendan from Counterpart slash End, and I'll leave it there. Uh, we talk a little bit about this whole used uh, Chamber beef, and uh, I'll, I'll tease that episode uh, for that. So it is uh, a thing that apparently started some beef, and uh, the kids went crazy on the old Twitter machine. And as a result, uh, I, I did my thing where I chimed in and said that maybe it's because I'm old. I don't hear a lift of the used from the Chambers song. However, the song that Chambers using definitely sounds like a lift of the Dillinger Escape Plan's uh, 43% Burnt to me. That's interesting. Yeah, I need to dig more into this um, because I, I love reading this stuff. Like these, these like, you stole my song. <laughs> it's, it's more like looking at a car wreck, really, because, you know, how, how brutal uh, both sides can come out on this. <laughs> but, yeah, so Twitter beef galore. Uh, Dan will have to get educated and checked up on, on that, and then we'll uh, talk about it on another episode uh, since it is something that's coming up anyway. All that aside, let's uh, slowly start wrapping this up. Uh, you know, beer. Um, in quarantine times, these are the things that kind of get us by. Uh, I know, and I know this sounds like a fucking name droppy kind of thing, but something I've really been enjoying in this quarantine is actually texting with Mark from Nothing More <laughs> and him and I going back and forth with the various beers that we are having and enjoying, that we found, that we found online that we're looking for, just all kinds of shit so it's been a, a lot of fun and i get kind of jealous because some days like i'll be like oh fuck i want to go get some new beer but like i'm stuck at home and i don't have any reason to even remotely go out and then like the other day i went back to work like i said and so i decided hey there's a fucking beer store right behind my job so i have like you know it's not like i'm going out of my way to go to it so i opted to go and i got three beers one of which uh, I am drinking now, which is the O'Fallon Dad's Original Oatmeal Stout. Um, it's just okay. Uh, O'Fallon is really hit or miss for me. Uh, they have a smoked porter that is pretty interesting. Um, but this, uh, let me take another sip. Yeah, I just kind of get more of like a, a sweet oatmeal flavor. Um, so nothing, nothing too great, nothing terrible. Like I would probably get this again if I was like trying to make a mixed mix and match six pack and I needed another random beer. <laughs> but 
you know the the throws of that where you're like ah there's just nothing else grabbing my 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 attention here but i need to grab at least one more so i'll just go with a standby for dan it would just be a six pack of space every single time yep you're you, you've got me on that one don't have anything tonight uh i decided to to go with uh just some like bl- spiced uh black chai tea and uh i always do like two or three uh two or three tea bags full and let it sit for like 45 minutes so it essentially turns into battery acid but that's how i like to drink it so <laughs> there we are do you do you spice it up with like a like cinnamon stick or like anything like that like any garnish not really um i just no? i like it to be um as as raw and flavorful as possible if, if that makes sense i know i'm describing tea like i describe hard liquor but um, it, it almost has the same effect uh, <laughs> as as far as flavor intensity. I, I can't really do too much of that more mellow stuff. I think that's why I like the like the line of chai teas that I have because they're just um, they're a little bit more intense, flavorful. Whereas, like to me, most tea that people enjoy just tastes like warm water to me. <laughs> I've been on a big just green tea kick lately. Like green tea with like green lemon green tea. Just real basic Lipton, super easy. Get like two bags, super solid. I've been getting a lot of my tea loose, so I've got this little. Uh, we call him the T Rex, and uh, we just, I just fill him up with tea leaves and drop them into my giant cups, and uh, he he does a great job of making that tea great. I'm always afraid I'm going to melt him though, because I try to make the water so hot, but. <laughs> it's neither, neither here nor there. I'm not like a big craft tea guy, but uh, if I ever start making some more money, I could definitely see myself going that route. And like I said, it looks really fun, and like there's so many different loose teas and all that kind of stuff that are out there. But it's just like you gotta buy like a steeper, and then you gotta buy like all these things, yeah. and like your initial investment's like almost a hundred dollars. Yeah. To make tea, and then you're just like, no, nah, I'm cool. I got my curry and like a coffee mug. I'm good. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> But all of that aside, if you would like to keep up with the used, simple enough, Facebook, Instagram at We Are the Used, Twitter at We Are the Used. If you'd like to keep up with Joey, you can find him at Brutal Fort on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, once again, Heartwork is out now by the Used, which I, I mean, I don't know if anyone else thought that was funny, you know, giving him a little bit of shit for the uh, carcass record. But um, uh, you were a lot nicer than I would have been. I'd have been like, really? I mean, you don't. <laughs> you, you, you're gonna you're gonna try to stack yourself up to the greatest, you know, death one of the greatest death metal records ever released. I mean, this, you're gonna do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, go check out those records. Uh, just go to Brutal Ford, and you'll see he's really good at plugging everything. Uh, so shouldn't have to dig too far if you want to find those. Otherwise, just search the used on iTunes or whatever, and hell or high water, you'll find stuff. Uh, if you would like to keep up with uh, Dan, well, he can tell you where he can be found. I can be found a few different places, most notably on Facebook under Daniel Terry. Uh, nothing too special there. I'm on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan. You can send me an email at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. Um, I've got like 400 other podcasts that I do at DiscussMetal.com if you want to check those out. And, uh, yeah, all that good stuff. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us simply enough at Bruce Speak Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I know we keep teasing the website. It's almost done. We just, you know, we don't want to launch something and then just kind of like keep updating it. So we're waiting for everything to kind of be perfect to then launch it out for all of you. A lot of cool stuff going to be up on there. So look for that uh, if you want. Uh, We still have pins. Get them out of my house, please. $10. Get them shipped anywhere in the U.S. Get you some pins. Come on. Yes, please get you some pins. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll keep the plugs kind of short. For the sponsors we have, if you would like to support our sponsors, if you're able to support our sponsors during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic situation we're all in, uh would be greatly appreciated, starting off with the Bean Bastard, a local Buffalo, New York company. They are going out of their way to provide for first responders and the essential workers and all that kind of stuff. And as a two-man local independent business, it is great to see all the things they're doing. So we want to thank them for supporting us. Uh, go over to TheBeanBastard.com, get some coffee. They have mugs. They have candles. Actually, I've been burning my uh, bourbon barrel-aged uh, coffee candle uh, the last couple of days. And it uh, has been great. Um, so go get all their stuff. Support them. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at the Bean Bastard. If you would like to keep up with On Point Palmade, 
I know we keep saying it. I, I cannot wait to get my hair cut. Uh, it is just a hot mess. And as soon as I do, I am for sure going to be using my pomade again uh, to keep my hair looking great. Uh, my beard, not so much, if you can even call it that. Uh, but if you have a beard, if you have hair that you enjoy actually doing and styling, go to On Point Pomade. Use our code BSP15. Save yourself 15% off your total purchase order. Let them know that we are sending you guys over there. And you can find them on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at On Point Pomade. And lastly but not leastly is always rockabilia.com. They are so great. They have over 500,000 items online on their store. They have just about anything you could possibly want. Uh, as far as band merch goes, I'm looking right now on their website. They have a legalize the used with a pot leaf, if that's your thing. I know 420 just happened. They have some old merch uh, from the used, uh, like one of the old women's tank tops from like the first record. And even, you know, if you like leather wristbands, they have those. They have a pretty sweet uh, girls junior hooded sweatshirt. And, you know, if kind of speaking to all the things they have, they have a use it shirt, uh, which is inspired by House, the TV show. So it's not just bands, it's it's everything. You know, pop culture-wise, like I said, and, you know, unlike a lot of places, if you go to, like, eBay or whatever, you don't have to worry about the integrity of these garments. They're 100% licensed by the band, so you're also supporting the bands in this time as well. So you're doing good for everybody. So go to rockability.com, and uh, if you are a first-time user, you'll see a little thing pop up. Uh, get 10% off your first purchase. So support those guys during all of this if you can. And thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting this show. And real quickly, want to thank Tom Smith of the Acacia Strain once again for that dope-ass intro music. Uh, if you need any intro music, if you need background music, if you need any editing stuff done, uh, feel free to hit him up over on his Instagram, over at tsmith678. Send him a DM and uh, get some music done. He is doing all kinds of stuff now that the Acacia Strain's not on tour, so help him stay busy, and uh, I can definitely tell you that his rates are really affordable. Um, so go hit him up and let him know that we sent you because, you know, as you heard, our shit's dope, and he can make your shit dope, and also it doesn't have to be heavy. Uh, we were initially looking at a non-heavy track to start off the podcast, and uh, he is in full kind of jingle writing mode right now with his fiance's podcast coming out soon, so uh, you'll hear some more stuff that he's doing. So hit him up. And uh, thanks again, Tom, for the track. So once again, thanks, Tom. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We will talk to you all next time.